0: You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Raymond podcast. Well, let's start by getting in the Christmas spirit. Everybody ready? I'll start. You finish. It's the most wonderful time. You guys are good. You guys sound good. You really do. You really do. Hey, my name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're incredibly grateful to have you with us, especially, especially if you are a guest with us today. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this gathering with us. Uh, It's been our prayer. It really has been our prayer uh, that this season is becoming more wonderful for you. And what I mean by that is uh, we all have a tendency to probably get caught up in the weariness of this season. And it's been our prayer for the last couple of weeks as a staff. We keep praying, God, would you give us, would you replace that weariness with a sense of awe and wonder? Because really that should be our posture and that should be our, uh, like our, our thought process as we go into each and every Christmas season that we're reminded and, and just overwhelmed by the awe and wonder that God came to this earth in the form of a baby, that he took on flesh for us so that one day he could give up that very body as a sacrifice so that you and I could be forgiven. Let me remind you of a statement. God did not save us by coming to take on flesh. But God took on flesh that we may be saved. So what I want to do right now is I just want to pray. Man, I want to pray over us. I want to pray that regardless of what you're walking into this room with today, whether it's the chaos that often comes with the Christmas season or the weariness that sometimes can replace the awe and wonder, I just want to pray over us that as we inch towards Christmas together, that our posture and our focus begins to change. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning and the opportunity to maybe reset our life to reset our mind, to reset our focus. And God, we do ask, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that whatever it is that we may be carrying with us right now that's putting us in a posture more of weariness than it is awe and wonder, God, would you you help to remove that from us, whatever that's going to take. And so, God, we want to approach this Christmas season almost like a child, being overwhelmed once again with the awe and wonder of who you are and what you've done. We pray this in Christ's name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Well, I've seen my fair share of good Christmas memes (laughs) over the holiday season, but there's one I had to share with you. Fellas, just need to let you know there's hope. There's hope. Hang in there, guys. (laughs) Only two more weeks left. It should be two more days left. And so, guys, you know who you are. You know that this is more reality than it is just a meme. Well, hey, today we're going to be concluding our series called Joy Bomb, and I want to start by saying thank you. I want to start by saying thank you for being a church that doesn't just sing joy to the world but you're actually helping us bring joy to the world. Last week, or over the last couple of weeks, we've been asking you to partner with us to drop these joy bombs. And then last week, we had been encouraging you to bring and drop off gifts so that we could bless uh, two particular nursing homes in our community. And we had done our due diligence, and we looked around, and we found two particular nursing homes where we were told that these, the people that are in these nursing homes uh, hardly get visited by anyone. They're often forgotten, whether they're coming out of homelessness or they just don't have any family. And so we decided that we wanted to bring joy to their world. And we did this through your partnership. So I just need to let you know, this past week, we were able to bring 200 gifts, 200 gifts to these nursing homes and bring some joy into the world of people that are often forgotten. So can I just give it up for you guys for partnering with us? Well, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn them open or turn them on. Find your way over to Luke chapter 2. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a very famous Christmas passage Uh, But I want to use this text, not necessarily to dig deeper into the Christmas story, but I want to use this text to actually dig deeper into our story. And so let me set the stage before we read it together. At this point in time, Jesus has been born. The Messiah has come. And several miles away from where Jesus was born, there are some shepherds in a field. And this random angel shows up to greet them. And this is what he has to say. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people, say, all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The words that I want us to really focus in on today are these words right here good news of great joy. And if you ask me, this statement not only represents the story of Christmas, but it also represents the good news of the gospel. Last week I showed you guys this picture and I talked about how these two pictures actually work together, that we need to see them together. And sometimes what we have a tendency to do, it's like, oh, let's just focus on the Christmas story because it's Christmas time, it's the story of Jesus. And when it's Easter, let's just focus on the resurrection because it's the Easter story. But these two pictures, if you ask me half, they have to go together because this wouldn't make sense without this, and this wouldn't make sense without that. In other words, if it wasn't God coming to this earth in the flesh, the incarnation of God himself, then he wouldn't be able to live a perfect life and ultimately sacrifice that life so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. These pictures go together. But to be honest, listen to me, whether it's the birth of Jesus or whether it's his death, burial, and resurrection... Not everyone, not everyone feels the story of Christmas is good. Not everyone thinks of great joy when they think of Christianity. I'm certain that all of us probably have a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker that probably has heard the message of Jesus. They know the message. They know the story behind Christmas. They probably even experienced church at some point in their life. But for whatever reason, they've chosen to stay away and oftentimes the reason they have chosen to stay away because when they look at their experiences in the past it doesn't seem good But when the angel showed up and said, hey, no, 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 this is good news and great joy for everyone, like he meant it, and it was. If you go back 2,000 years, when you have the birth of Jesus, when you have the birth of the Messiah, the Savior, God in the flesh, and 33 years later, you have the very same human being giving up his life so that you and I could have life. Like there's nothing bad about that. All of that is good news for all people. So the question is, Why isn't it now? Like, what happened? Because the original news, it was really good news. But why is this not good news to everyone? I want you to hold that thought. Every opportunity that I get, um, I like to talk to people about Jesus. I love to talk to people about Jesus. So whether I'm working out or whether I'm at the vitamin shop or whether I'm buying you know, something off of Craigslist, I'll talk to people about Jesus. It can get kind of creepy sometimes, but um, we actually have somebody, my man Spencer back there is actually here at this church because I bought something off of you on Craigslist and so it worked. And so um, regardless of where I'm at, maybe I'm talking to a neighbor, I really do. I love to speak of Jesus. And over the years of having many of these impromptu conversations, I've been able to make some observations, and one of the observations that I could share with you is that most of the people, the majority of people that I talk to have some kind of faith background. It's not like I'm just talking to people that have never had any kind of focus or faith in God. Most of the people I talk to have had some type of faith background, some type of faith focus, but at some point in their life, they chose, they've chose, they chosen to walk away, and when I've taken the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper on why that may be the case, I almost never hear of anybody saying anything about Jesus, that they had a problem with Jesus. What often I hear is that they had some kind of experience that pointed them to this overall narrative that I keep hearing that it just didn't seem like good news anymore. Because the experiences that they had with Christians or Christianity, it didn't seem to reflect great joy. And church, honestly, in many situations, listen to me, I don't blame them. Underneath the banner of Christianity, I've talked with people that have experienced and been encouraged to hate entire groups of people. They've been encouraged to spew anger and hatred at an opposing political party. They've demonized, been encouraged to demonize other religions. Now listen to me. I believe, and you're going to hear this from this pulpit all the time, that The only way to the Father is going to be through Jesus, but you also need to know this of me. I have Muslim friends. And then I've heard people say that they've been a part of churches and heard preachers say things like this, Hurricane Katrina was God giving the people of New Orleans what they deserve. Is anybody else thankful this morning that we worship a God that doesn't give us what we deserve? Is anybody else thankful this morning that Jesus is a better Savior than he is then we are a sinner. It's okay to get a little Pentecostal this morning because that's good news. And if I'm being honest with you, I think you and I, if we potentially would have experienced some of the spiritual abuse that a lot of people that I've talked to and a lot of the people that you've talked to, if we experienced the same kind of spiritual abuse that they did, I think it's possible that we may have arrived at a different conclusion about who Jesus is and what the church is about as well. So when we wonder why so many people have decided to wash their hands of Christianity and ultimately walk away from the church, and we come back to the question, like, what happened? Because this, originally this was good news. I think our first response should be this. We happened. We happened. Because pointing fingers and casting blame and even dismissing these Christians who have walked away as weak or maybe they never had any faith at all, listen to me, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And honestly, if we really want to change this narrative and begin to slow the bleeding down of all the people that seem to be deconverting from Christianity, and there's a lot of people coming to faith in Christ too, don't hear what I'm not saying, but if we want to slow the bleeding down, I think the best question that we can ask is this right here. Does your life and does my life actually represent good news of great joy? Now, somebody in here may be saying, well, hold on a second there, Pastor. I'm not about to take the, the ownership of that on my shoulders. I didn't do anything to these people to make them walk away from the church. And my response to you would be, really? Because I'll take some bling." I know my life is not always represented good news of great joy. There's probably been some things that people could point to in my life and and think, man, that's why I don't want to be a part of Christianity because of stuff like that. And you may, again, come back and say, well, Aaron, you don't don't take so much blames. Don't don't take so much of that on your shoulders. I mean, we can't help what other people do. Really? Let me show you something that that, uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you... And me, we're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that, say so that so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. Could we then conclude, if our good deeds have the potential to allow people to gaze in the direction of our Heavenly Father, is it also possible that the things that we do that aren't in reflection of who God is, or the things that we don't do that we should be doing, could that also take the focus away from our Heavenly Father? My answer is, absolutely. A couple months ago, probably a few more than that, actually, back during during the summer months, my family was up in Denver, and we went up there, and we were going to go to the Denver Zoo, and we decided to stop by Chick-fil-A and have some of the Lord's chicken, and uh, it was a nice day, and so we set outside, and we're sitting outside, and there's another couple, another family who comes up, and they sit down in the table beside us, and as we're eating, my eye caught this homeless man who's kind of coming in our direction, and immediately my mind started to comprehend. It's like, hey, I don't have anything to help this guy who almost never carry any cash on me. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to offer him anything. So I'm already concocting my response, which is going to be, hey man, I don't I don't have any money. But he doesn't come to me. He actually goes to the gentleman that's beside me. And he asks the question. He says, Hey man, do you have any money? Do you have any spare change that you could you could spare? And the guy immediately, listen to me, he immediately got up and he said, No, man, I don't have any money, but I'd love to buy you lunch. Can I buy you lunch? And I mean, he's just motioning for him to come in his direction. He knew exactly how he wanted to respond to that situation before the situation presented itself. His good deeds made me focus on my Father in Heaven and how I want to respond differently next time. Thankfully for me, there was another homeless man who came up a little bit later, and he came up to me, and he said, not Aaron, he just said, Hey, man, do you have... He said, hey, man, do you, do you have any change that you can spare? And I said, man, no, I don't. But that guy right there will buy you a sandwich. <laughs> I didn't do that. Didn't do that. Uh, the first part of that story is true. The second part is not. So, church, listen to me. Don't miss this. You have, and I have, the opportunity, maybe the responsibility, to make the gospel Good news to others to make it good news to others and when we become the good news of great joy listen to me our lives have the ability to breed hope around us our love can actually bring healing which causes people to lean in the direction of their heavenly father when we become and we actually represent the good news and great joy i believe people's lives are changed people like zach and ashley Check this out.
1: So October, 2018, uh, we initially got a notification that Hurricane Michael was headed our direction. And so we decided, uh, we kind of talked back and forth. Like, do we really want to leave? Like, is it worth it? And I don't know what triggered in us, but later that night <clears throat> I think it was just kinda starting to get like real windy and real bad and we're like, you know maybe we should go. Like we'll just go up to Birmingham, which is where our son that has seizures had his a doctor at. And so I was like, we'll just go up there, that way we're close to there. When the the hurricane hit, uh, I mean everybody saw it on the news, like it was a cat five. It's one of the worst hurricanes to ever hit America and uh it was brutal because you're <clears throat> you're sitting in these briefings and um, you know people are just talking about like oh man did you hear about how bad it is right now down there? We lived on base um, and so we didn't really know like what was going on.
2: It's like no one knew how bad it was yeah. on base. They said that houses were completely destroyed and then they said that it was fine and so yet we had no idea. One of my friends texted me a video and it was a. Uh, like the flyover kind of version of the houses, and it showed our house, and you could see trees in it, and there was a hole in our roof. And I saw it and just started bawling. And then I showed him. He's like, "That's not true. That's fake. Whatever." And yeah, it took a a few days for it to be confirmed that yeah, we our house was gone.
1: Initially, we were like, "Well, we'll just stay in Birmingham because my son had a a doctor's appointment." Coincidentally, her parents. Uh, were on their way to visit us when this all started. And so they met us in Birmingham. And then somewhere along there is when we decided that, you know what, like why stay here? Let's just go back to Colorado, be around family. We went and stayed at (coughs) her parents' house instead of getting a hotel, just because they had a basement and they said we could have it to ourselves. When we got in the house and we came downstairs, we came downstairs to a bed that was full of toys and clothes and gift cards, and you know I I do cry more than I admit, <clears throat> but you know I started bawling and she's bawling, and we're just like, why did you buy all this stuff? And they're like, we didn't buy any of this stuff, and <clears throat> her sister, uh, Amy, <clears throat> was there, and she was like, this is actually stuff from Trace Church. We were just like, why? Like, Why would you, you don't even know us. Like, we've never even met you. Like, we don't go to your church. We don't even know you people. Like, why would you be so kind to our kids when they just lost everything? We came the the next Sunday, and uh, I immediately introduced myself to Aaron. He said he was the pastor, and I was like, I told him who I was, and he was like, oh, you know, how are you doing? And just very welcoming. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with you people, but, <clears throat> you know, it's it was so crazy to just feel uh, so loved in a moment that hurt so bad.
2: I know my sister has talked about Trace all the time, and but we didn't live here, so it's not like we were really affected by it and stuff. And then it was just, it was crazy. We were just blown away by the generosity and people going out of their way to make sure we were comfortable. It was really nice getting connected and just kind of taking the focus off of ourselves because we could sit there and pout about our situation forever, but instead we kind of turned it around to how can we help the church that helped us.
0: Zach and Ashley are now two of our most committed serve team members and trace kids. And for those of you that have kids, they love on your kids almost every single week. Can we give it up for their story and just their willingness to share that? When we represent good news and great joy, people look to Jesus. I wanna remind you what Paul said in Philippians 2. He says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Church the story of Christmas. It's good news. But unfortunately, you know as well as I do that not everybody believes that. Because for some people, when it comes time, you know, for Christmas, they're not thinking of this image right here. Unfortunately, there are people in the last 2000 years that have given them other images to see that are supposed to be reflections of Jesus and his church, stuff like this. And you know people and I know people, and there are people that I love dearly that I've talked to about Jesus, wanting them to come to the same saving faith and knowledge of who Jesus is and how much God loves them as I have, but I'm competing with stuff that people are doing in the name of God that doesn't represent the heart of our Father at all, which is why it is in, it's is—it's so important. If you ask me, it's essential that we start to paint a new narrative through living out the good news and expressing joy. And church, I just want to say, keep doing stuff like this. Because through these things, through you giving up your time and sacrificing for the sake of other people being able to go with, maybe you have to go without so they can go with whatever that looks like. Keep throwing parties for people with special needs. Keep feeding people that don't have enough to eat. Keep going to schools in our community and renovating teachers' lounges and showing up and actually doing beautification projects when there's no benefit in it for us. Keep doing that because as we do that, we are painting a new narrative. We're giving people different images that they can now look to that remind them that, yes, Jesus does represent good news of great joy. And I believe when we do this, and especially when we do this collectively, I believe our good deeds... And I believe our expression of living out the good news and living out the great joy is the best thing that we could ever do to point people to Jesus. And so this Christmas, can I encourage you, can I plead with you, don't just talk about it. Don't just sing about it, but live it. Be the good news of great joy. I want to close with a story uh, that honestly... I feel like God's making me share with you. (laughs) Um, Yesterday was a bad day. Yesterday was a tough day. Uh, I got here uh, to church yesterday to pick up my computer and to do some other things, and I kind of got sidetracked and um, ended up leaving in kind of a hurry, and I get home, and I realized that I had set my computer on the back of my truck, and I've got one of those truck beds where it's like flat on the top, so I could, you know, set it on the top, and so I jump in Emily's car, and I'm like, I'm so upset. I'm so upset at myself. There's nobody else to be angry at. I'm just so aggravated with myself. I'm like, Aaron, you're such an idiot. And so I get in Emily's car, and I'm backing out of the driveway, and then I run over my daughter's bike. Never had one of these days. And I had no sympathy at that point. I'm like, get the bike out of the way. you know. And unfortunately, my anger was spilling over into my family. And I get here, and I look around, and I kind of trace my steps back in the path that I drove, and uh, ultimately, the computer's gone. And so I get on my phone and do, you know, find my I- iMac or MacBook or whatever, and it actually uh, showed me where it was last, like, located, where the last, you know, little signal went out. And believe it or not, it made it on the back of my truck from here to the Briar Gate exit off of I-25. Yeah, those little sticky things on the bottom of the computer really work. And so we get there, and uh, thanks to Stu and Hannah, uh, sweethearts, they were helping me in pitch dark last night, trying to find this computer. Uh, Ultimately, it was gone, so I likely saw it and picked it up. And so I get back to my house, and I'm sitting in my office, and I'm just having one of those moments. You know, I'm just, like, rubbing my forehead, and I'm thinking about so many things. My sermon for this morning was on that computer, my sermon for Christmas Eve, not to mention my whole life uh, was on that computer. And so I'm just like, what do I need? Do I need to cancel my bank accounts or change passwords? And i got to rewrite a sermon, and that takes longer than you probably think. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just angry. I'm just angry. And the irony is I have to write a message about joy. And I'm like, God, I can't, like, I can't do this right now. And I was, like, really spending some time with the Lord. Um, and then I got two of my kids walk in the office. And they hand me an envelope and say, Dad, it's not much, but we want you to use this to buy a new computer. And it was all their allowance that they've been saving. It was like 50 bucks. That's like a million bucks to some people. And they gave me this envelope, and I'm like, that's all you got? No, I didn't say it. <laughs> and I looked at them, I said, guys, I can't take this, but you have no idea how, how much that means to your dad. And what, what I want you to hear this morning is that my kids, they saw my obstacle as their opportunity to be good news of great joy. Sometimes we think about, and maybe there's even somebody in this audience today, and as I've been talking to you about this, about being good news of great joy, you're like, I don't don't have anything that I can do. I don't have much to offer. How can my life bring good news of great joy? My life is a mess. I'm broken. I'm jacked up. And we often look at what we don't have, but I truly believe this. If we want to be good news and great joy to our Heavenly Father as his kids, I think we take what little we have at times and say it's not much, but we give it with great love. And I think that blesses our Father in Heaven. So This Christmas, regardless of what you do or you don't have, let other people's obstacles become our opportunity to be good news of great joy. Let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, you know, this has not been an easy message to write just based on where my heart was, and Lord, I appreciate what you've been teaching me through it. It reminds me that there are certain times in our lives where you can teach us things where other times you won't be able to, and so thank you for just helping me navigate through my anger and remembering uh, what's the most important in just that moment with my kids. God, i I would have thrown that computer out the window if I knew that was going to create that moment with my kids. And so, Father, I I pray that regardless of where each of us are at, regardless of what we do or we don't have, would you just remind us that even the smallest thing done with great love is maybe one of the best things that we can do to bring the good news of great joy. And so, Lord, would you would you create opportunities for us? Would you show us those? Would you help us to be hypersensitive to those opportunities that are around us this Christmas, and let us represent Jesus well? We pray this in His name, Amen. I want to transition us into a time of response right now. And for those of you that are new to Trace, we do this every week. It's a very important part of our gathering. And the way that our response time looks is very. It's different. It could look different for everyone, but. One of the things, probably the most important thing that we do on Sunday morning is we come back to the cross and we celebrate in something called communion. And the way that we do it here at Trace, if you look around the room, there are four stations with crosses on them. And at those stations, there's a cracker that represents the broken body of Jesus. And we dip it in a cup of juice that represents his blood. And we remember his sacrifice for our sins. Something that we need to remember more often than once a week. And so if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, we would encourage you to do that. If you've not yet made that decision, just feel free to sit in your seat. Or if you want, if you've been carrying something that just feels way too heavy to carry alone, we'd encourage you to go get some of that stuff off of your chest, off of your shoulders by writing down a prayer request. We have an entire prayer team here at Trace that takes those incredibly seriously and would love to pray over you and for you this Christmas season specifically. For others, you may just want to sit in your seat. Maybe you just need some time to reflect on what's been said. Maybe there's something that God has spoken to you through me. And so whatever this needs to look like, it's between you and the Lord. This is between you and the Lord. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll encourage you to respond. Father, man, God, probably more so than any other time throughout our week, I feel like this is probably one of the greatest times for us to do business with you, for you to do business with us. And so, Lord, I pray that you search our heart and point out anything that's unpleasing to you. And God, as we think about this whole idea of being the good news and representing great joy, that you would remove a spirit of scarcity from our minds and our lives and you would show us what we can do. You would even show us that out of our obstacle, there's an opportunity. And so, Lord, we come back uh, to to your table once again, celebrating within the Lord's Supper and remembering what Christ has done for us. So, God, we invite you into this moment. We pray this in his name. Amen. Feel free to respond.